This is Pauline Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. My guest this week is Mike Olander. Mike runs and plays bass drum in the popular New Orleans jazz group, the Jack Brass Band. He's played professionally for decades, toured Europe and the States, and shared the stage with legendary jazzers. Mike's day gig keeps him in the music realm. He partners with schools across the country as a trusted advisor for music programs and technology implementation. Although he's got a crazy busy schedule, I'm so pleased he was able to take the time to be on Musician Talk today. It's time to find out more. Let's talk with Mike Olander. Welcome to Musician Talk. I'm so happy to have you on. Absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you for asking. It's great to have you on to talk about your musical journey and maybe learn a little bit about New Orleans jazz. Uh, but first, let's talk about your musical journey. Um, what instrument did you start playing and how old were you? Great question. Um, so I started, I'm one of the, the school band nerds. Uh, you know, if you call yourself a band nerd, it's okay, I think. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. So, you know, we're, we're used to those kind of words that some people call trigger words, but band nerd, uh, I'll own it. I'm going to go with it. Uh, so I, I started playing saxophone and um, in elementary school, they would have these things called like instrument try on days, um, which they still do, where the kids show up and they've got all the different instruments around in the room and, you know, everything's shiny and brand new and you're kind of looking around. And I wanted to play the alto saxophone, which is one of the smaller saxophones. And um, they literally looked at the list and said, no, we've got too many. We got too many people. That Everybody already, wants uh, to play saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then they said, "Well, let me see your hands." So you know, I held up my hands, and they were like, "Yeah, they're big enough. Uh, you want to play tenor, which you know is the next step up. It's a pretty big horn for an elementary school kid, you know, especially yeah. if you're not really tall." So that was me. Um, and uh, great funny story is that you know we would only have band a couple of days after school, and I actually had like one of those. Um, it's for a golf bag, you know. It's a little cart that the handle you pull up, yes. and then it, it has the two wheels on the back. Yes. That's literally how I got this tenor saxophone with me to and from school because I was too close for busing. So I would ride my little BMX dirt bike with one hand on the handlebar and the other hand on this cart. That was, you know, like a trailer, you know, that is great. going off to school. So, um, yeah, I started out on saxophone, long story short. So you cemented your band nerd credentials very early. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got to own it. I mean, it's, it's kind of a thing. You do. That's great. So you started playing alto sax and started carting that around with your bike. And um, where did it go from there? Kind of just take me through your elementary, middle school, high school yeah, yeah. So, so I actually grew up in the Twin Cities in a suburb, um, White Bear Lake, which had a, a really strong jazz program back in the day. And in fact, there's still a lot of people from like either my graduating year or one or two years on either side that we're still making money playing music, which, you know, this is now, you know, worth. 30 years down the line. Um, and so, you know, it, we had a really strong program, some great educators there. Um, so, you know, I played, you know, all the concert bands, um, started playing jazz bands in high school. Um, we did have some jazz bands, but it was more like a kind of like show tunes, uh, that kind of yeah. thing in, in junior high, um, middle school and did the pep band thing and all of that. And just kind of started listening 
listening more and more. And when we were in high school, the jazz band, we would go to like some local festivals. Um, and that's kind of where I started to, to dig in more and, and actually uh, how I got introduced more to jazz bands. And then, you know, started to hear more of uh, some of the groups from New Orleans and uh, Louisiana roots too. Awesome. So, so seeing those bands, I imagine, was an inspiration. Do you remember any specific, seeing any specific band during those festivals and just going, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do? Well, most of the stuff, um, like when we would go in high school, when I first started even just doing it, it was it was a lot of other high school groups, you know, so it was a lot of the kids that were also kind of into that stuff. But, um, you know, when I think back, um I got introduced to the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, who are kind of like the pioneers of the revitalization of New Orleans Brass Band. Got it. And um, and one of my friends sent me a CD, uh, and uh, I picked that up and I started listening to it. And the first couple of times, I was like, "What the heck are these guys even doing?" This, you know, it was it was so different. Wow. Um, it was kind of different, but then those guys ended up coming and playing at the fine line in Minneapolis. I was 16 years old and my mom contacted the the managers and got, got the override that she could bring me and one of my best friends to, to go down to the fine line. We got to the club before the club was even open. I mean, the doors were locked. The chairs were still upside down on top of the thing. I mean, it was, it was shut down. We went and had dinner someplace downtown. We came back and we literally like sat at like different spots, you know, to try to figure out what's going to be the best spot, you know? And, uh, so we, we did that. And then we got there before even the dirty dozen arrived and they pull up in like two minivans because they were touring. And, um, my mom's like, well, go see if they want help unloading. We're like, do you think they'd last? You know, and so, you know, here are these, yeah, here are these 16 year old kids. I mean, you know, we didn't know any better. So we're like, hey, can we, can we help you guys unload? And they just kind of look at us and they're like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we just started talking with them. And, uh, and that was, that was my first time seeing a uh, brass band live was the Dirty Dozen at the Fine Line. Ah, that's a great story. I love that you sent you back. What a great mom. Hey, yeah. Bring you there. <laughs> yeah. Call ahead. Bring you there. And then have that idea for you to guys meet the meet the guys in the band. That's just precious. I love that. So tell me about college. Did you go to college, first of all? And and yeah. what did you did you study music there? Uh, no, so I did not major in music. Uh, I went to the University of Minnesota. Um, so I was in the marching band and the jazz bands there. So, you know, it, it was it was kind of one of those things where even back in high school, if if the percussion section, because now I, I play bass drum in, in the brass band. Um, so bass drum and cymbal and I run the band. And um, it was always the if we were ever short somebody in the percussion section, they were like, oh, Lander, get in the back. You're you're going to join the percussion section. And then um, in college, uh, even over like some of the breaks, uh, you know, we would have like a hockey game. And uh, my roommate at the time, he was on the snare line and, and they'd be like, don't grab your horn. Grab, grab one of the bass drums. You're playing bass drum because I just knew all the you know, I knew all the cadences and I knew the songs and I could figure it out. And so that's kind of how I, I just kind of was self-taught on all of the, uh, on the drumming stuff. But, um, and then I also played in the, in the top jazz band there at the U2 for four years um, on Barry, Barry sax. Um, Cause I'd switched to Barry sax when I got to um, high school. When you put a little meat on the bones. 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's something about the sound of a Barry sax. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, it's kind of a thing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. There's nothing like it. Definitely. (laughs) It brings it kind of kind of. Well, if we go back to the nerd thing, it kind of takes a little bit of the nerd away and puts a little cool on it. Right. (laughs) Actually, any saxophone does that. I have to say, in my opinion. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So you so now you're playing in the Jack Brass Band professionally, uh, the bass drum and the cymbal, you said. Yep. Yep. So it's, that's one of the differences, you know, cause like everybody, uh, you know, thinks of just like a bass drum. It's just the bass drum. And it's two hand mallets and you're, you're playing. Well, the new Orleans tradition, the, the bass drum actually has a cymbal mounted on it because the snare drum is also, uh, you know, on a harness or a, a web harness. So, you know, it, it's, it's kind of the, the symbol on the, uh, the bass drum kind of serves almost like a ride symbol or, or like a hi hat. It, it keeps time. So we'll talk a little bit about, about the Jack Brass Band later, but I kind of, this is a great segue into New Orleans music and New Orleans jazz and how it's different from other genres within, under the heading of jazz. And so I just kind of want you to give us a little primer on uh, what, what do you think of, what, what does that mean, New Orleans jazz, as far as the makeup of the band, the sound? Yeah, so the brass band tradition actually goes all the way back to like at the end of the Civil War. Um, so you'll you'll kind of hear some of um like the the marching band tradition kind of feel where you know the the early on drum patterns really kind of were more regimented and uh, one of the things that has carried through with the brass bands even up to today is that we're a mobile unit i mean we can play anywhere anytime any condition i mean so we use two drummers instead of a drum set uh, so a New Orleans brass band will have, like I said, that bass drum with the cymbal mount on it and then a snare drum. And th- those two guys, when they play together, you know, a lot of people are like, man, that was two drummers. It sounded like a drum set. That's crazy what you guys are able to do. And it's like, yeah, because you get familiar with each other and the feel and it's, it's a musical conversation that's going on. Um, and then instead of an upright bass, going back to the roots of even the early jazz bands, they used a tuba or a sousaphone. And that's, you know, what the brass bands do. Um, and then the front line is, you know, your horn section, which for us is, you know, trombones, uh, trumpets, saxophones, every once in a while, a clarinet, it, it kind of varies. Um, and that's kind of the tradition um, of where things kind of came from, but, you know, going all the way back, it's that military roots. And then it's kind of merged in with um, the church and the gospel influence. And then they all kind of came together. So it is kind of a musical gumbo where you get, you know, the marching influence, um, written charts, um, you know, gospel tunes, and then just kind of learning tunes by ear all mixed together. I love that the the cadence feel that you get from New Orleans jazz and then the layers on top of that that kind of go away from the cadence you know having the improv on top of that and having maybe um the having the gospel feel on top of the cadence it's it's really a a cool um exciting music I think so there you go and and I think part of it too is uh you know we don't because we don't use charts with brass band music because it's kind of this oral tradition and you learn tunes by ear and there's nothing on a sheet of music that says you have to play this note at this time. And, and then there's going to be this harmony and this is where it's going to be every single time we play, 
you know, we might say, ah, you know what, the trombone player really wants to play the melody. Let him, you wow. know, or, hey, let's, we want to play this faster. Or, you know what, the drummers are feeling like they want to change the feel and have it be more of a Latin feel. Okay, cool. Well, you know, we just kind of go with it. That has got to be such great training for everything else musically that you do and play. That, yeah. that, that sense of, or that history uh, practice of improv basically all the time. I mean, you have to be absolutely 100% in the moment and your ears have to be huge for, to be able to do that really, really well. There's no doubt in my mind that that's why a lot of the guys that uh, are the horn players that play with us, they get asked to play with a lot of different groups. It's because they can adapt and they can go into places where, hey, you know, you're playing with this, you know, R&B band and they don't really have charts, but you just kind of find your hole. Right, right. You know, and uh, and they're able to do it. Um, Yeah. Well, you've got some monster players in that band, that's for sure. Absolutely. It's time to turn to the first song, which I um, I chose "I'll Fly Away" to play first because to me it's so quintessentially New Orleans jazz. When you hear that, it's got that jangly feel that I love. That's I don't know if other people use it or if it's a musical term, but jangly is what I feel when I listen to it. So tell me why you chose this song to play today. I think part of it is that it's one of those songs that. Um, a lot of people relate to, you know, a lot of people have heard the song before, um, but maybe they haven't heard a brass band play it because quite frankly, you know, it's, it's a pretty powerful tune when we play it. I mean, we, we get asked to do a lot of different um, types of gigs and and, um, including memorial services or celebrations of life. You know, when we throw it, people are always like, man, we really want you to play all fly away or we do a church service on a Sunday, man. We really want you guys to do all fly away because people love that tune. And I think that that's one of those where it's like, Man, not only do people love it, we we like playing it, and it, it, it sounds good, and it's very representative of you know the the style, um, and also that bringing in the gospel roots too. And now that you mentioned it, this is what I want at my funeral. I I want I want a brass band play a New Orleans jazz, sending me on my way. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Hopefully, no, don't plan it too soon though. No, 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 no. This is for way down the road. Yeah, way, way down go. the road. There you go. I would like you to go down the list of who's playing before we listen to the song. You've got uh, myself and Reed Kennedy on, on the drums. Um, you've got Mike Mello on sousaphone. Uh, we've got uh, the trumpet section on this recording uh, is Adam Meckler, Adam Ross Miller, and Cameron Kinghorn. Uh, the trombones are Scott Eggster and Scott Moriarty, and saxophone is Gus Sandberg. They're singing in this in this and it's off mic singing and i feel like this kind of is a is a new orleans jazz to thing too to have uh the people in the band put down their their instruments and just start singing i love that so it's, it's kind of crazy because you, you know a lot of times when we go out and we we do our, our gigs because basically everybody in the band sings and that's yeah. one of those things where like some of the guys in the band when they come in they're like I don't sing. We're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah you do. Uh, yeah, yeah, you just didn't know it, but you do. That was recorded live with, you know, just room mics. And we're just all in one room. So if anybody screws up, you got to do the whole thing over. But, you know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's take a listen to I'll Fly Away, which is an old uh, gospel standard uh, played by the Jack Brass Band.
This is Pauline Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. You just heard the Jack Brass Band playing the old gospel standard, I'll Fly Away. My guest today is a bass drum player for the Jack Brass Band, who is playing at the Vintage Band Festival on July 30th at 6 p.m. All right, again, I just love this song, I'll Fly Away. I love that jangly. What what gives it to Do you know what I mean by jangly? What I think it's just authentic. You know, we, we say that we play music from our soul. You know, I mean, so it's it's kind of the way that we're feeling it at the time. And, uh, you know, we call it a musical conversation. You know, we're all kind of in the room and everybody's kind of adding their own little secret sauce of what makes them them um, into the music. But based on the traditions of that, that New Orleans gospel and the New Orleans brass bands. I just I just love it. It just absolutely makes me smile. That's for sure. Okay, so you are part of a group called Music First, and I I looked that up a little bit, and I wanted you to give me an overview of that because that sounds uh, like it's important work that you're doing. Yeah, uh, well, I think so. I mean, it's paying the bills, so, you know, you got to do that. Um, Yeah, so a lot of the guys in the band also have – day gigs as well as you know we call it and um, mine is i work for a a software company that's called music first and and we partner with um, teachers or schools or districts um, on skill development and assessment Uh, so the last two years have been uh, very important work for us when schools and classes couldn't meet in person so you know we were kind of providing the resources um, and the you know the software tools so that students could still be engaged in music whether it's practicing and performing including trying to do some collaborative stuff um, you know with some of the different software tools that we can provide so yeah, it's 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 a cool gig. It keeps me in the music uh, world um, pretty much all the time. And I, and I get to talk to music educators all day. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. How fortuitous that this was up and running before COVID so that you guys knew what you were doing in order to be able to help. Yeah, you were able to uh, give them applications where that students could play at the same time, hear, hear each other, those kind of things where they're not cutting out or. or yeah, I mean, it, all of that is, I mean, some of the technology, I mean, we could we could talk for hours on that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of it is it, it's it's virtually impossible to have everybody connect to the Internet at their own homes um, and play live together at the exact same time, just because, you know, different Internet speeds and connectivity and yeah. devices and all of that. But, you know, we're still able to say, okay, here's recordings that you can play along with at home. And then here you can record your part and your your, your um, peers are going to record their parts. And now you can press play and everybody's going to be there together. You know, we actually did um, videos um, yeah. with Jack Brass Band doing that. We called them our social distancing videos where we literally were like locked up in our homes and we all recorded our own stuff and then you know we had uh, some of our various friends from new orleans that we were like hey you want to do something you know and so we've got we've got those we call them the social distancing sessions and we yeah. literally did that where each of us recorded our own stuff but it was all in a software where it already said okay this is the downbeat so it's all put together and you know then we could mix it a little bit if we needed to but yeah some cool stuff and are those still on on the jack brass uh facebook page yeah, you can you can find them either off of Facebook or off our website or on YouTube um, okay. if you search for Jack Brass Band. Yeah, I just encourage everybody to. I, I saw quite a few of those because I know Scott Agster, who plays with Jack Brass Band, so it would come up in my feed. 
I encourage you all to go and watch those. Those are some uh, just incredible, incredible that you can make that work just all virtually. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's also fun for us because, you know, some of our friends from New Orleans, you yes. know, we'd have like one or two different guests on every single track. And it's like, yeah, you know, we got we got somebody that I mean, they live a thousand miles from us, but we've had these relationships for years and they were like, yeah, let's do it. That's great. That is just great. All right. Time to get to our second, uh, our second song, which is called I Got a Woman. This is a Ray Charles tune. And yes. uh, why did you choose this one to play today? You know, I, I think that one of the things that people don't necessarily think about with the New Orleans brass band tradition, because they, they all think like old time. You know, they're thinking right. like, oh, it's it's going to be all this old timey music. Well, the brass band tradition with the Dirty Dozen back starting in like the 70s basically said, we're going to incorporate some of the, the more popular tunes uh, of today and we're going to bring them in and we're going to make them brass band tunes. We're going to just bring in the music and based on our instrumentation and the improvisational conversations that we have going on and our feel, we're going to update some of the repertoire. And and so this is kind of representative of like that kind of deal. Um, and Ray Charles was, I got a woman, man, it translates great. You never knew yes. that Ray Charles sounded like a trumpet until you hear this, but right. you know, uh, and, and that's, uh, and that's just kind of one of those where it's like, man, that's, that really has a nice feel to it. And, and it's, it's doesn't sound exactly, it's not like a, a cover band playing exactly Ray Charles's arrangement it's a brass band interpretation of the song. Um, and I also picked that tune because it's got one of our good friends from new Orleans. Um, James Andrews is, is doing the vocals on that. And for those of you who don't know, he's part of the Andrews family who, and his younger brother is trombone shorty. So we we've known, I mean, I've known trombone shorty since he was 13 years old, just from, you know, my trips down there and, and we hang out together and all of that, but I've known his brother just as long. And so when we were going to record this, I was like, Hey, James, I got a couple tunes. You want to, you want to track some vocals for, with us? And he was like, absolutely. So I think it's kind of fun. Oh, it is. And he's awesome. Yeah. And I'm very proud of myself because when I first listened to it, I thought, now this sounds like a modern take on New Orleans jazz. So um, there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. So let's, let's listen to Ray Charles's tune called I Got a Woman, interpreted by the Jack Brass Band, along with their guest, James Andrews. Thank you. 
woman way across town. She's good to me. Oh yeah. I say I got a woman way over town. She's good to me. Oh yeah. She give me money when I'm in need. Yeah, she's the kind of friend indeed. I got a woman way across town. Well, she's good to me. Oh yeah. She's dead to love me, both day and night. Never gamble or fuss. Always treat me right. Never run the streets. Leave me alone. She knows a woman places right there in her home. I got a woman. Wake up town. She's good to me. Oh yeah. This is Musician Talk, and I am your host, Pauline Jennings. My guest today is Mike Olander, member of the Jack Brass Band. You just heard them play the Ray Charles tune, I Got a Woman. The Jack Brass Band is playing at the Vintage Band Festival at 6 o'clock on July 30th, right here in Northfield. The words that came to mind when I listened to it were joyous and effortless. And James Andrews, I could listen to him sing all day long. long. Wow, he's awesome. So now it's time for best gig, worst gig. And go ahead and start with your worst or one of your worst or your only worst. Or if you don't have a worst, uh, something that didn't make you feel good, I guess. Yeah, you know, that one, the the worst gig is always a tough one. I mean, seriously, the band's been around now 23 years. Uh, so there have been a lot of gigs, a lot of water under the bridge. Um, and I guarantee that, you know, some of the stuff that might bother us as musicians, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't affect the audience, you know, or maybe the, the sound isn't right or, you know, somebody forgot a form. And, you know, I mean, we try to play it off on stage like, oh, yeah, that's, that was totally what we meant to have happen. There was one gig that we were doing where we were talking so much between tunes that then when we started a tune, there were two different tunes that started at the same time. Like two, <laughs> like half the band was playing this song, half the band was playing this other song. And we were like, well, someone's going to give, you know, right, one side's right. going to, and it was, it, that was kind of interesting. But I think the most challenging gigs are, are always either the ones where, you know, you're playing a funeral and it's, it, it's, it's challenging emotionally. Yeah. Um, I think that that is a, is, is a challenging situation. The other one, you know, and it's if there's not a big audience there. I mean, we, we're still going to put on a great show and we're going to play and we love the music. But that's really challenging as a musician to be out there and just be like, man, there's just not, you know. But the funny thing is, is some some of those gigs, you have this really great connection with that audience and they really are appreciative of what you're doing. So right. that's probably challenging. but. You know, in terms of like, man, it's the same thing on, on the on the best gig side. Oh, man, we got a we got a great hit list of, of stuff where it's like, man, okay, so we've played First Avenue, yeah. pretty being cool. Um, yes, we, we did um, one of the 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 uh, Prince Memorial block parties like one year after, and um, the Dirty Dozen happened to be in town, and so a couple of their guys came up and joined us on stage. That was pretty cool. That's cool. Um, 
we've we we've gone over to Europe and we, and we did a, a festival that are getting their European brass band and so they did like a brass band thing and they had brass bands from different places and we we came over and we we played that festival and we played for kids we would go to the different schools and get them excited about stuff and then we did stuff in the festival that was awesome we've headlined a brass band festival in Kentucky um, we've done at Preservation Hall though I mean I'd, I'd probably say that's one of those where it's like you got a band from Minnesota and none of them have lived in New Orleans and they're headlining at Preservation Hall. Now we had, we had Mark Bro uh, with us who both of his uncles previously led the Preservation Hall jazz band. And Mark also was in Harry Connick's big band and toured. And I mean, he's a great guy, but oh. man, there's just so many great gigs that we've had. I, I don't, I don't have one. You know, um, that was perfect. I love all, all that you said, and that totally works for best gig, worst gig. I just want you to explain the significance of Preservation Hall to anybody that's listening that doesn't know. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't been to New Orleans, there's there's uh, basically there's um, there's a hole in the wall venue. I mean, it's it's not like this decadent place. Literally, you walk in and there's like benches wooden benches no backs and they do multiple shows a day and it's it's an old art gallery that a family back in like the 60s purchased and they converted it and they said we've got these aging musicians that are no longer able to travel but it's important for them to still be able to play their music to share their music and to to have an audience Um, and so that's kind of the the foundation of preservation hall and it's continued on through this day and they do live music you know, for a while, uh, due to like Hurricane Katrina, you know, they were they were closed down or, or limited um, days of the week. But it's been going for for years. And it's kind of a, a, an institution of traditional jazz at Preservation Hall. All the greats have played there in, in that genre. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's literally, you know, I mean, it's, it's like Lincoln Center for maybe classical there you go Something there you like go that, right yeah, or, yeah. Uh, the, uh, grand old opry for country <laughs> it's that kind of thing that's the place to play so well yeah. congratulations and getting to play there that would have been absolutely exciting uh so uh, before we close here i'm going to mention it again you're playing on uh the 30th for the vintage band festival here in northfield uh at six o'clock and i encourage everybody to head on down to that it's, it's a free concert down at bridge square what else do you have uh upcoming here this summer and also where can people find the jack brass band online yeah so you know the easiest spot to keep track of us um we try to keep things up to date on the website jackbrassband.com um we've also got the social media outlets so uh twitter facebook um instagram um you can find stuff um we've got a variety of um uh, festivals, uh, community events, some concerts in the park. Um, we do some things at uh, Como Park, the State Fair. We're doing parades uh, over Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a variety. Um, we don't do as many club shows um, just because scheduling is kind of a, a it's challenging um, for our guys because we got a lot of guys that are playing in a lot of different groups too. Right. Uh, but you, you know, check us out. On- online you can you can keep tabs on us and you can also listen to as much stuff as you can or download it you know we're on spotify apple music all of that stuff too 
Awesome. Okay. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking time out of your really busy schedule. You were out of the state yesterday, as I understand, right? You took a plane somewhere. Yep. (laughs) So thank you for taking time with me today so that our audience could get to know you a little bit and hear about the Jack Brass Band before they go down to Bridge Square on the 30th to hear you play. So thank you very much. Awesome. No problem. Thanks for having us. And we hope to see you out there. And just remember, it's feel good music. So get up out your seat, clap your hands, shake a little something, sing along with the band. We're all good. And oh boy, do we need feel good right now. I think all of us, don't we? So I hope so. <laughs> right. Take care. No problem. You too. Bye-bye. Many thanks to Mike for sharing some of his exciting musical journey with us today. What fun we had. And many, many thanks to Wendy Nordquist and you for listening to Musician Talk on The One, KYMN. Have a terrific day.